This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I thought the Pentecostal Church 40 years ago, and I were in Barstow, California. They were not in the church. <laughs> oh, praise God. It is so good to be here. I have missed being in church. I, uh, I'll stick with what I got written down here because I could probably preach it all night long since I haven't got to preach for a long time. But I just wanted to, basically the Lord wanted me to give an update on where I am because with all these health things, He told me at the start of it to make it a teachable moment. And so a lot of times we share things after the fact, but we're going to share some things what's going on, show you how we handle things. And you know something that we've all got to be aware of, we're spirit beings. We, we possess a soul, our mind, will, and emotions, we live in a physical body. You know, I come into church this morning, I wanted to share some things. My spirit was sharp, my mind was good, my physical body let me down this morning. Coming this morning, my body wouldn't work and do what I wanted it to do, so I had to stay in my seat. But I wanted to share this morning, but that's what Christians have got to learn. The real you is not the house you live in, it's who lives inside the house. And the one inside the house is supposed to control the house. You know, I say all the time that faith doesn't uh, deny things, faith changes things. Amen. And so too many people, when they go through a crisis, they don't realize that they're supposed to change it. And, you know, just, just something I was thinking about the other day, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to share something with the church on Sunday when I get to go to church Sunday, is that uh, this cancer stuff, like when Pastor Dave had, when David had leukemia, I did not study leukemia even for one minute. That's called the problem. I studied the answer book. Amen. If you've already got the problem, why do you want to study it? You need to study the answer. And so that's just like with me. I got this diagnosis back in, really back in in December. And finally, what, about two weeks ago, I just thought, I'm just going to look it up on Google to see even how to spell it. Because I didn't want to study it, I had it. So I just stayed studying the Word of God. That's the answer. You know, just think about if you're a kid in school, and you got to work out the problems. Well, if you're working on a problem to pass the test and you finally got the answer, why you come back the next day and try to rework the problem again? If you got the answer, you focus on the answer. So anyway, that's, that, that's where I've been, is focusing on the answer. But I, I just want to look at what I wrote down here show you some things. Uh, the main thing about where I am right now as far as the church goes I really wanted to do more preaching, and a lot of times I couldn't because of physical things holding me back. But the Lord reminded me again the other day, I was praying about preaching this morning, and the Lord told me that my number one goal wasn't preaching right now, he's taking care of the church. My number one goal was to keep me alive so I could live a long time. Amen. And so, you know, as, as Christians, you've got to realize that you've got, you've got to keep your priorities right. And so my thing right now is to have trusted Him that through all the leaders of the church, the ones to take care of the church, the church been taken care of. But I want to be here till I'm at least 85 years old. Amen. The Lord promised me long life. But we got our part to play. And so my belief in where my faith is for my life is 85 good years, strong years, healthy years, strong mind, and everything else working right. So that's where I am. And so anyway, he, he told me, and I told this back in January, I told you what was going on with me. He said, I want this to be a teachable moment for the church. Show them what you do, how you do it. And you stop to think about it. How many here have ever read about the Apostle Paul in the Bible? 
Did Paul have a lot of bad times? But you know what Paul said? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I've always said, how do you know if a man of God's following Christ? Well, if he's getting the same results that Jesus did. You know, if he's blessing people. People's lives are changing for the better. God's getting the glory. And you want to follow somebody like that. And so Paul, you know, he was beaten, shipwrecked, put in prison, stoned. All the things that happened to Paul, he said, now thanks be unto God, but it's always given the victory through Christ. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what goes on, if you follow Christ and the Word of God, you're going to get the victory. So I wrote a couple of things down here, and I know this will help you. And so uh, for the update, in December of 2017, I was diagnosed with stage 4 plasmatic, is that how it's pronounced, Katie? Plasmatic lymphoma. And it affected 70% of my blood. And so, you know, I was talking to Dr. Barclay the other day, and, and you always know, talked about it. I said, you know what, to a head, that would sound scary of having a stage 4 of any kind of cancer and 70% of your blood being, being invaded by cancer. But praise God, that, that, that was the diagnosis. But we know how to change what was. And so anyway, uh, the first week of January, I called for the elders of the church. Uh, who's in the booth back there? You got those scriptures I gave out this morning? Okay, yeah, put, put up James 5, 14 to 15. I called for the elders of our church when I shared at our, our staff meeting about what had, what had happened to me. And I had them brought with all in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. I want to read this to you because I've shared about my life, but if this happens to you, if you get a bad diagnosis, something happens to you, I want to show you how to come through it. I want to show you how to live a long time. You know, uh, I've, got, I've got a grandson that's 25 years old in Afghanistan. He's, he's, he's a soldier. So I've got, I've got some older grandchildren. I've got little grandchildren that a lot of you guys know. But I've got grandchildren spread out, you know, all over the place. I've got a daughter that's almost 50 years old. So I said, wow, I didn't think you were quite 50, Pastor. I don't thank you. <laughs> but anyway, I've got a lot of kids. And from the oldest to the young ones, I plan on being around here. Then plus my great-grandkids. I plan on being around here to... To, to do some of the weddings for your kids that aren't even born yet. Amen. I plan on being around a while. So anyway, I was diagnosed with that. And it sounds scary, but God didn't give us the spirit of fear. But a power to love and a sound mind. So James 5, 14 and 50 says this. Is any sick among you? Well, I qualified. I was sick. And so he gives instructions. Let him call for the elders of the church. And then let them, the elders... Pray over him, anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith might help him a little bit. Or the prayer of... How, how many believe Brother Samples needs a touch from the Lord? Brother Samples needs a touch. No, I don't need a touch. Hey, man, I need the prayer of faith. You know, I, I want to help you. Well, how many go put Brother Samples on the prayer chain? Let's put him on the prayer chain. Let's get him on Facebook. If Brother Samples get 10,000 likes... Put a picture of me sitting there, some goofy face on it, a wheelchair, so hitting over, and say, and say, pray for our pastor, and then come and hear this great man of faith preach. Yeah, how how about give our pastor a hundred thousand likes? Give a hundred thousand likes, maybe God will listen. 
We don't play those games. <laughs> Still better preach than you are shouting Amen. up there. Amen. Amen. And so he said, the prayer of faith shall save. And that save comes the Greek word sozo. And part of that word means heal. And so they translate to save here. But guess what? If you're a saved person that's already born again and you're sick, you don't need saved again. You need healed. And so the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. If I commit sins, they shall be forgiven him. And so I called for the elders to pray the prayer of faith over me. And so here's where I want to help you out if you ever get a diagnosis. And so that was my point of contact to release my faith for my healing. That's my point of contact. And so from that moment on, I believed and said, no matter how I felt, I'll be honest with you, maybe a lot of days I didn't feel it. No matter how I felt, my confession's always been I'm getting better every day. Getting better every day. Well, why would you say that? Because I got a word from God. Oh, you mean God talked to you? I didn't hear any voices. Nobody prophesied to me, but I saw it in the Word. The Word of God said, with elders of the church, anoint you of all in the name of the Lord, and they pray the prayer of faith. They didn't say it. I didn't say it. God said it. God said the prayer of faith. Said the prayer of faith. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say we're hoping it will. Well, we're hoping something good happened. Well, no, we're not hoping. Oh, let me tell you something. Pastor Dave, you might get to preach that. I don't know. But let me, let me tell you where too many Christians miss it. They try, they try to get healed on hope. But the prayer of faith. You know, something I want to write down if you're taking any notes. I hope you're taking notes somebody because you're getting some stuff right now that will really help you. Hope is always future tense. Always future tense. Faith is always now. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now listen to this. Hebrews 11, 1 will show you the difference. It says, now faith is, now faith is. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things. Anybody know what the next word is? Hope for. Hope for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So other words, other words, you need hope to start off with. But faith will turn your hope into reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be able to use an example years ago of a film, but nobody uses film anymore. We got the goof phones. You know, those goof phones aren't too smart sometimes to give the updates. Have you ever got an update on your goof phone? And they've become more goofy. Anyway, how many here of the older generation remember when we had the little click-click and you took it down to the store, you gave that roll of film, you had to wait till they developed the film? Well, see, that was the negative. But then when it got developed, it became the positive. And so you had hope on that roll of film, but you couldn't show the hope to anybody. You had to get it developed, then it became faith. And so that's, that's, what, that's the difference between hope and faith. Hope is something that you know is there, but you can't see it. But then faith gives substance that hope, and then you can see it. Amen. And so we have to know that we've got to move beyond hope into faith. And so hope, now listen, 
Listen for somebody sitting here right now. Hope always says, I'll have it someday. Faith says, I got it now. Amen. Faith says, it's mine now. And so what I got prayed for, what I got prayed for, when all those elders were around me, what we have in there, about 50 or 20. We got, we got more people in this church, you know, that's elders and in that leadership position called by God. When they prayed for me, I held my hands and said, Amen, it's done, I've got it. Why did I say that? Because the Word of God said the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And then back in the early part of January, the Lord told me these words. He said this. He said, you've won the battle in the Spirit. Now you've got to walk it out of the flesh. Amen. What that means is this. I got in the Spirit what I needed from God for my healing. But now I've got to go through chemotherapy and some other things that I'm doing. So I'm doing those things. Amen. And Mrs. Pastor was asking me something the other day about something. About, I forget what it was. And I said, no, I can't do that yet. Because, oh, I know what it was. Some kind of a public thing to go to or something like that. But i got six days a month I'm on isolation. And so because I've submitted number one to God, the number two to the medical people over me right now, I said, I said, the authorities over me right now told me that for those six days I can't be around people. And so I said, because I've submitted to God that I've submitted to these doctors, I said, I'm not going to violate what they told me. They told me for those six days I can't be around people. And so I said, my faith will not allow me to go out there, and I can't do that because I've submitted to these guys. And so I can't violate my conscience. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, you got you got to do what you know to do. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not to him is sin. Amen. Amen. Has this helped anybody see some things? Amen. And so I'm getting better every day. And I, I, I want you to look at a couple verses here. Because I know this is going to help you if you ever go through things. Look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. And also open up to John 17, stick a finger there because we're going to come over to John 17. But I want you to look at John chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I take God's word over everybody else, over any circumstance, any time, anywhere. And, you know, as we're looking at these things, it's a strange thing. Back in 1988, 1989, uh, Pastor Dave, when he whipped that leukemia stuff there, I, I, I was teaching, actually teaching a, a healing school at a big church with a, with a cancer doctor working at the same hospital Pastor Dave was at. At two weeks from the day of his diagnosis, those doctors saw leukemia all the way gone with their test, and they saw healthy blood cells at two weeks' time. And it happened because of the very things we're talking about today. And so I, don't only know, I not only know these things I'm saying by the Word of God, but I know by experience of my own life. Those doctors themselves told us we're baffled. And, you know, I don't know how much medical equipment costs, but for the bills they charge us, I know they did one test on me on January the 1st. I saw the bill come in the other day, of course, paid for by the insurance. But that one bill for that one test was, what was it, 8000 or $10,000, just for one test on that one machine they used. And so back then, those things were pretty expensive when they first came out. And so that doctors told us, our equipment must be broken. We apologize to you. 
because their equipment, no matter how much they tested, it, come, it kept coming back after two weeks of diagnosis. No cancer, whole blood. No cancer, whole blood. No cancer, whole blood. No cancer, whole blood. Finally, the guy said, we've got to have our, our equipment checked. That's a true story. Amen. So John 8, verse 31 and verse 32 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. And you know, I, I always like to say this. You know, Jesus was the Son of God living in a physical body here on earth. And for Jesus, for who he was, everybody that heard Jesus preach didn't believe him. There's people here me preach that don't believe me. They don't have faith in what I've got to say for the Word of God. And so it says Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. And so, you know, there may be people sitting here tonight hearing those things I'm telling about Pastor Ed, thinking, well, I don't know about that. I just don't know about that. Well, Jesus had a lot of skeptics. And so he said, he said to those that believed on him. Now listen to this. He said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And he said, because you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Mm-hmm. He said, because you're serious about my word, you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now look at John 17, 17. I love how the Bible explains itself. John 17, 17, Jesus said this. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now look at this. Thy word is truth. Jesus said his word is the truth. So when the Bible's talking about truth, it's talking about the word of God. It says God's word is God's truth. How many know the Bible says that God can't lie? So in other words, if God can't lie, whatever God talks, what's he telling? The truth. And so now go back to John chapter 8. So Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And so since the word and the truth are synonymous, the same thing, then you can say this. And you shall know the word, and the word shall make you free. Because my word's the truth. Now, so in other words, whatever it is you're facing in life, Jesus did not say, well, I know there's politicians and other people say it's a popular thing to say sometimes. Well, you know, the truth will make you free. Well, that's just telling half of what Jesus said. Jesus said, the word's the truth, and the word will make you free. So when you know the word, you know God's truth. Now, if you know God's truth, then you'll get free. When you, know the, when you know the word of God. And so I want to say this. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Now listen to this. Here's how I approach this, what I was diagnosed with. Here's how I handle it. Number one, there's a fact. I was diagnosed with cancer. But there's a truth from the Bible. I was anointed with all by the elders of the church. That's the truth. The truth is they prayed the prayer of faith. And so the prayer of faith will affect the facts. The fact was diagnosis. And, you know, let me let me help some other Christians. You know, some Christians come around a church like this and don't come real regularly. So they don't know how to deal with crisis, especially health crisis, medical crisis. And so they come just enough to hear just enough, think they know something. 
And this has happened to my prayer line up here hundreds of times the 13 years I've been here. Pastor, uh, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I've got this, or I've got that, I've got this, like that. Well, no, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And I think, well, wait a minute. Why'd you go to him if you had a problem Then you're not going to believe what he said? If he said you've got it, you've got it. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Mm-hmm. And so once you went to that doctor and you put your trust in what that doctor had to say, then why are you going to be in fear and deny what he said? Get in faith and change what the doctor said. Amen. Amen. Does anybody see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Faith doesn't deny. Faith changes. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people are that went to an early grave because they said, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. Well, how come the medical science says you've got it? That's a fact, but it's not Bible truth. Mm-hmm. Bible truth says by Jesus stripes you were healed. Bible truth says nothing's impossible with God. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, we take the truth. We apply it to the facts, and the facts change. Mm-hmm. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I don't really like get to have a great testimony. Because you get a great testimony means you went through a great test. I don't like it. But I've helped people for a lot of years pass the test. I want to look at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And I want to remind you again, for your own lives. When you get a chance to read 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 23, 5.23, I think. But it says that God sanctify you spirit, soul, and body and make you whole. If you don't have the revelation yet that your body's not the real you, and that your mind is not the real you, your spirit's the real you, and the mind's part of your soul, you need to start praying that God will open your eyes to see that you're just a person who lives on the inside of this body and your mind's something that you use to function in this earth realm. But the real you's on the inside. And when things happen on the outside, the real you's supposed to control the outside. So you get your mind renewed. Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind. And if you get that revelation, then you'll stop being a slave to your body but you'll start being the master over your body and tell your body what to do. And let me tell you something else, too. You know, this is probably going to rub somebody the wrong way, but I'm used to that. You know, I taught my kids a long time ago. It's very real to the unsaved world to say, you can do anything you set your mind to. Anything you set your mind to. That sounds really good, but there's a lot of people over the decades that set their mind they weren't going to die if they died, so they just set their mind to it. A lot of people set their mind to a lot of things. Well, when your heart is full of the Word of God, and your mind's renewed to the Word of God, that's going to make you have very positive thinking. There's a difference between faith and positive thinking. When your mind, when your mind is renewed, your heart's full of the Word, you will be a positive thinker. You'll be a positive talker, but we're in a spiritual warfare. It takes more than mental energy. Amen. I want to say it again. If you're full of the Word of God, and you got your mind and your thinking changed to thinking like the Word of God, how could you be negative? How many have known somebody really positive-minded and they didn't make it? Because it took more than positive 
positive thinking. Okay, Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my Bible, I wrote right there, I'm a believer, so this means me. Because I'm a believer, this means me. In my name, in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, in my name shall they cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, any deadly thing shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and maybe they'll make it, maybe they won't. They shall lay hands on the sick and just be hoping for the best. Lay hands on the sick. Well, how's Pastor Samples doing? Well, uh, under the circumstances, he's doing the best he can do. Our poor old pastor, we just don't know if he's going to make it or not. Under the circumstances, your pastor is never going to be under the circumstances. I'm going to be on top of the circumstances. Amen. I'm going to control the circumstances in my life. Amen. I want to say that again. I think that's just so pathetic when you get faith people going through crisis. Well, you know, under the circumstances, you know, well, the doctor said other conditions. Well, I may be in the world, but I'm not of the world. Amen. I, I, I live in a different arena. Hallelujah. And so it says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's why I can say I'm getting better every day. Because Jesus said, once hands were laid on me, I'm in recovery. How many here have ever been to a hospital where they do surgery? What happens when you come out of the operating room? What's the next little room you go to? Recovery room. That's because they've already done surgery, so now you're recovering. I went to the surgery room back in January when those elders anointed me and prayed for me. I went to surgery. I'm in the recovery room right now. As I'm coming through it, but he's speeding up the healing process, too. Amen. 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 And so anyway, uh, said all that to say this. The Word of God is my first line of defense and offense in this thing. My defense and my offense in attacking it is the Word of God. And now second is doctors of medical science. That's not my first. I told Mrs. Pastor last week I recognized that I was starting to get a little bit too comfortable with what they were doing. I said, "Man, I can't let my guard down. You know, I thought, well, I'm submitted to the process. I'm going through these treatments and things they're doing. And sometimes it's been pretty rough for two or three weeks after these treatments. It's been pretty rough. And so it was easy to kind of let my guard down. Say, well, let them do what they're doing. I mean, I read my Bible. I'm watching lots of sermons stuff on YouTube. I've been doing stuff I've done, but my guard was starting to come down. I said, whoa, 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 no. I can't let a reversal take place. The doctors is number two. The word's number one. And, you know, I hope you're taking note of this. If you're going through things, don't let where your faith is focused change. Like I said, praise God for what the doctors are doing and chemotherapy is doing. I'm not trusting that for my healing. I'm trusting Jesus. But I've submitted to that system. I'll, t- I'll take all they've got for me. But Jesus is my number one. And so, and so my, my number one line of uh, offense and defense is the word of God. Second is the doctor's medical science. And the Lord already told me. said, I've won the battle of the spirit. I've got to walk it out. But we're supposed to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to keep walking it out by faith. Keep on saying what the word of God says no matter how I feel. 
keep on saying what the Word of God says, no matter what it looks like. And, uh, you know, they give me blood tests every 10 days, and all the blood's good. Everything's good. They're seeing all the numbers they're wanting to see. They're not having to do any extra stuff, see what they want to see. But it's been, it's just been, it's just been tough. You know, uh, some of the stuff that, uh, went through some of the weaknesses and things, and some of the, sometimes just kind of being zombified just by stuff made your body, you know, they're doing stuff they're doing. But I'm going back for a session tomorrow morning for another chemo session. I believe in the name of Jesus that that goofy stuff that happens is cut in half. It's going to not be nearly what it's been the first time. Amen. And so, see, I can have my faith out there while things are going on, that things are getting better with those treatments, even go through those things there. So, praise God. That's what's going on with me. I'm getting better every day. The Word of God's working in my life. And if you don't see me, that's because I'm isolated sometimes. I can't be around people. But, glory to God, this thing's over with. So this thing's over with. Man, we're going to have the running shoes on. Amen. Amen. They're on the inside now. They're going to be on the outside. And we're going to do so many things that God wants us to do. This is the year that this church goes to 300 people. You know, Pastor Dave, first, we had, we had our annual board meeting this past week. And Pastor Dave had the numbers like that. We actually have about 300 people go to this church right now. They just don't all come at the same time. You know, we, we broke the 200 mark a few times on Sunday already a few times. And we basically run about around 150, sometimes more, sometimes a little less on Sunday mornings. But then during the course of the week or other services, we have lots of crowds come different times that wasn't here on Sunday. So we actually run around 175, 200 people a week right now as far as the people go. But we're going to be breaking 300 this week, this year. And the reason, the reason we want to do that is not because we want to have a big church. That's that many people stop going to hell. That's that many people that are born again. And you know, uh, I think about, I think about how, how, how numbers work with God. You know, God's kind of concerned about numbers because he put the book of Numbers right in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's right in there. It's about number of the tribes, number of how many people were in the tribes, et cetera, et cetera. But what I've seen happen, I've seen the same pattern. I look through here right now. I see several families. I like to think about John and Diana's family. I think about the McNeil family. And lots of different families here. I think about the Valdez family. Then you got the Matas and all the, all the other ones that hook up with families. You get, you get, you get a family in here. And then all of a sudden, there's people, there's other people attached to them. So they, those, those families start coming in. And so that's that many more people are coming in, getting their lives changed, and then all the time they're going back to their jobs, going back to the other family members, and they're reaching out and bringing more people in. And so that's why God wants churches to get large. Because you know what I found out about when large churches are in small towns like this, we have influence. And you know that thing that Pastor Dave just did with the shirts? Think about that. How many thousands of people that are on Facebook and other places see all these HDWC shirts around everywhere like that? They see these smiling faces and they think about High Desert Word Center. They don't think about losers. They think about, they look at some of these different faces and they'll say, well, well that's so and so. I knew them. That's not, that's not how they used to be. Well, that's so and so. Well, I remember when she couldn't walk. I remember Maxine, she came here. Maxine told, you know, she's. Uh, parked in the handicapped spots and couldn't hardly move, couldn't hardly walk. I was preaching one day where if you're healed, y'all start acting healed. And so she's heading up towards the handicapped spot and said, no, I'm going to park over here because I'm healed. Been walking ever since. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you know, I think about Pastor, Pastor uh, Josh this morning talking about the uh, FPU class, talking about the death they came out of. 
you guys paid your mortgage off this year, didn't you? Yeah, they paid their mortgage off this year. They paid their mortgage off this year. And you know what? That's what God wants to happen for everybody that wants it in this community. God wants you to come in here that were debt, distressed, uh, busted, disgusted, couldn't be trusted. God wants people to look at you and God wants them to say, well, it, it, is that Donnie Beard's here? That's that Donnie Beard's here. Look at him. Man, he's got his head held up high. Well, that, that's, that's Donnie. He's anointed. He's affected lives. He's changing lives. Well, that Austin Katie, they went through a really bad thing. Well, look at them now. They're smiling. They got joy. Look what they're doing. And so the more people you have in a community that are living lives like that, then that's going to glorify God. And when God gets glory, people's lives get changed. And so this church is going to get big. And you know what? I could care less than they ever know the name of the pastor. Because it's Jesus I wanted to know. And so, you know, somebody says, what's your pastor's name? You know, I said, well, you know, I, I don't know. I forgot. I just think about Jesus. I come to my church. I just think about Jesus. You know, I, I can't even remember his name. We just call him pastor. You know? Well, well how come you just call him pastor? Well, he says he's just a servant for God. So I don't know. That's just, he's just, he just pastor. But I just know one thing. When I go in there, I feel better because he says Jesus is there. And when I leave, when I leave, when I have problems during the week, I think about something that was said in that church there, and I think, wow, they said the Bible says that. I saw it in my Bible, and they said that's what Jesus wants me to say. That's what Jesus wants me to do. And so you know what? I did what Jesus said to do, and Jesus did what he told me to do. Amen. So praise God. That's where we stand. We're just going right along with the program. The uh, doctor told me to start the process. It would be six to eight sessions, and so depending on what they saw with the blood work and things like that. So I'm believing for six sessions. It'll be number three tomorrow. If it's only six, I'll be done, I think, April the 30th. But if they decide to do two more, the glory to God, I can walk it out. I'll just do what i got to do. I've submitted. So if that do two more, then I think it's going to be right, right around the 1st of June. But the main thing is, he said in Psalm 91, verse 14 through 16, he said, because Bernie has set his love upon me. He says, I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high. He said, long life will I satisfy Bernie. That's showing my salvation. It's an amen. I'm going for the long life. I get to 85 years old. If I want more, I'll say, Lord, give me some more. i got more to do yet. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done, Mrs. Pastor. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.